This is the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast, your go-to place for mindset transformation, self-empowerment, and personal development. I'm your host, Kayla. I'm a mindset coach for ambitious human beings who are wildly passionate about up-leveling themselves so that they can live a limitless life with ease. I'm here to show you how to create the life of your dreams and powerfully step into your full potential, and of course, live fiercely. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Living in First Alignment podcast channel. My name is Kayla, and today I have one of my good friends, Ali, coming on here with me. She is a mindset coach and hypnotherapist, and we also work together on Eating Carpenter's team. So we have actually just connected in the last couple of months, but I was really excited when I got connected with her, and I said, you have to come on my channel. I want to have a conversation with you. We're going to talk about all the things, you know, how she travels, how her experience being nomadic, hypnotherapy mindset. Obviously, we're going to be talking about human design and gene keys as well. So she is a two for emotional generator. And so let's just dive into the conversation. Ali, welcome to the channel. And I would love if you can just tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, so I'm a 2-4 emotional generator that definitely feels her emotions a lot. <laughs> and it's something that obviously you guys can see that um, I've been learning and developing like emotional intelligence in general. And that's why I kind of dove into hypnotherapy as well, because I was very disconnected. I was the ones that repressed it, right? The ones that were like, no, I feel too much. So I want to repress it all. And so it's been a really nice journey to really like see that and really experience my emotions, label my emotions, see my emotions and embrace my emotions. Um, because as we were talking a little bit before, I come from a Japanese background as well. And in Japan and in Asian cultures, emotions are like not a thing you talk about or express or see ever. So it was like a nice little journey that I've had. I love this. I actually had the experience of living in China for a year back in like 2015 to 2016. Mm. And I was teaching and it was definitely something that I noticed was just the conversations around self-expression and also just emotions. Like even in the Chinese culture, it was something that I really had to encourage the students and really create an environment where they felt safe to express themselves and like normalize that because it's, it's something that just, it's just different, you know, for different cultures. So I love that you shared that because it just makes things more eye-opening that not everywhere or not everyone has the experience, especially if you're an emotional authority to be able to like, Oh, I have these feelings. I'm just going to ride them out and then make a decision. Cause it's not like that for everyone. Yeah. I cannot write anything out. Like <laughs> the only emotion I was allowed to fully express and not even to the extremes that I would express them was joy, you know, like happiness. If it was sad, anger, it was just not, it was just shut down. Right. It, there was no space for you to express them. So obviously if you've never felt safe to express them, you're going to just put that in your shadow aspect. And you'll be like, okay, these emotions as a human being that we all experience uh, are not allowed to be shown. So yeah, there was a lot of deconditioning there that had to be done. And this happens a lot in, in Asian cultures. And I don't think it gets talked about a lot. Yeah. Well, I love that we're bringing light to this right now. So can you actually, let's dive into this a little bit. We'll go back into time. I would love to hear how you got into you know, mindset coaching and the work that you do, and then also hypnotherapy. Yeah. So I, I mean, I've always been into personal development, honestly, for a long, long time. Like uh, my sister passed away. So I've been in like therapy in general for a long time. And then after that, uh, I obviously learned how to process from that time. But if it wasn't for that space, I don't think 
my processing of emotions of, of things of, of events would have been that good in general because the way that my family um process was very different was very like ignoring the fact of um and I was very like yeah okay we're not doing that <laughs> we're gonna talk about this freely we're gonna process the things and we're just not going to let it be something that's like taboo or something so that's kind of where I started learning a little bit more about emotions and like how to process events that are a little bit hard to obviously process um and then I've always been into like doing like personal development events so I did a three three-day intensive and that really changed everything for me and that's when I started learning about manifestation and then I started diving my 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 feet into that a little bit more and then I started to really manifestation babe actually I wasn't like their first cohort of MBA <laughs> and, oh really yeah I wasn't there it's so funny because then they became a, a client of mine in and this is like the whole this is why manifestation is like the core of also my brand um because that's where it all started for me I started to heal and to really do uh, rewiring and processing emotions and stuff like that to manifest the life that I want. But then I started to notice and started to shift because really when you focus on the healing, your life is just a repercussion of that, you know? But before I got it the other way around first, I was like, oh, I want these things and I want like my life to be like this. So I'm going to work on myself to get those things. But now I work on myself and the things just happen <laughs> because, because we get it, right? We have to go through the process of like, okay, well, let's just like... Like you have to first want the material things, you get the material things and you're like, oh, well, okay. And then you end up really doing the work for yourself for like who you become and who you are, um, which is kind of where I'm at right now. <laughs> um, I just went on a tangent. <laughs> I don't know. It's perfect. So actually, can we talk a little bit about this? So you, I love that. I didn't know that you were the, in the first cohort of Manifestation Babe with Catherine Zinkina. I've definitely talked about her quite a few times on my channel, just because like herself, Amanda Francis, and a few other people are online, online are the ones that I really kind of resonate with the most. And so I'm really curious if you can share a bit more, because like, was it like, I feel like her first cohort was in 2016, right? So is that when you kind of yeah. dove into this? And then how did you start your business and then get into hypnotherapy? So I had a, I had an Instagram account and that's how kind of I first started everything was I had an Instagram account that focused on the struggles of your 20s. It was called Imperfect 20s. Um, and now it's obviously rebranded to Ali Kanashiro. Um, but it was, yeah, Imperfect 20s because I feel like your 20s is a self-discovery phase. No one talks about it. No one talks how lost you are. No one talks about how every footstep is laid out for you until you're in college. And when you're in college, you're literally let go and be like, all right, be an adult. When you've never made a decision for yourself ever, like, okay, do you want me to die? <laughs> like, do you actually, like, I don't know what is actually happening. And that, that, in and of itself was very shocking for me. And I also thought a lot of people in their 20s go through this and no one talks about it, right? Like we all just pretend like this is fine. We're all struggling, like anxiety up the ass because you're like, oh my God, like, yes, no. Do I want to take this job? Do I not want to take this job? Everyone kind of doesn't, there's a lot of friends that didn't like what they studied and they kind of felt like, okay, here I go. Like now I have to be an engineer and now I have to be like an architect, whatever it is. And no one talks about that dealing with those feelings, dealing with those struggles of like, oh, did I make the right, right decision? Like, should I really be here? Should I not be here? So that's kind of where it all started. And then one of my coworkers actually talked to me about 
um, manifestation, babe. And she's like, oh, I'm going to set up. I really want to take it. Let's take it together. And then I was like, I had never heard of manifestation babe before. And I was like, okay, let me just take a look at it. Let's see what's like what her Instagram is about. So we looked at it and there was actually another girl in my, in my job that she's like, yeah, let's just all do it together. So we decided to all do it together. And we took this, this course and it was crazy because I had just gone into this job and we did it. We did the course and I was like, I wanted to move out of my parents' house. I had just graduated. I wanted to move out of my parents' house. I had already started a business right before getting this job. And it was, of, um, I was getting marketing clients, basically. I did, I did like kind of freelancing, but I've always been an entrepreneur at heart. Like I did, I imported tapestries. I sold them here. Like I just did a bunch. I did Herbalife. Like I did a bunch of things and I'm always, I was always like, I'm going to figure this out. <laughs> like somehow I'm going to figure all this out and I'm going to try a bunch of things and it's fine and we'll just figure it out. So we actually ended up taking MBA and what I manifested in that round was a raise and getting my dream apartment. It was so quick. We actually looked for an apartment for one day. And the last choice is the one that we got. We got approved right away and we just moved in. And it was so cheap for like what we got in Miami. Like it was just, it was unbelievable. And I was like, this is crazy. And that's when it, it, I, I was like, no, this is, this is it. We got, we all have to do the work. We all have to put intentions in it. And it's funny because those same, well, one of the friends that I have in my, in my job, we do this every year. And for the last three years, we do like every January, we just get together and we really like start to do goal setting and stuff like that. And our lives have actually changed so much together. It's, it's really nice to see. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. I love that. You know, you, I think it makes a difference too, when you commit with other people to go on this journey, because I think it can be really lonely when you start to go and do the inner work and you really start to look at your own shit and you sit in your own shit. And then you're like dealing with your own shit. And it's just a lot of shit. Right. Mm -hmm. But when you do it with other people, you, you create this community and the support network. And it is always really inspiring to see how other people are, you know, manifesting or creating their life or taking action or just letting things go. So I think that's really amazing that you've been doing that because obviously that leads to a compound effect of you continuing to create opportunities that are aligned for you. Yeah, so much. The community aspect is so, as a four line as well, like the community aspect is just really important for me. And like, it's funny because me and my friend that we work together and we like a long time ago, but we were doing this manifestation babe together. We quit almost at the same time, that job. And we both, we both, and it's funny because we both kind of go through the same lessons some same faces even though now she's in LA she's working with amazing clients that she loves we still go through the same faces of like rebirthing and like having to let go and having to be like okay this is our next level we gotta you know we have to step up oh every time we need to step up we need to create space and and that creating space is really hard sometimes and you want to look the other way and you want to try to figure out another way but but yeah you need to create space for that next level Yes. Oh my gosh. Can we talk about, cause I remember you said you wanted to share this, how, so on, on the team with Eden, like I love, we have such a small team and it's so magical. And I even love that, you know, Ali and I have, I I've never worked on a team like this before where we, all of us get to focus on our own business on top of like contributing to like a massive vision of making a huge impact with like Eden's work and just, you know, being aligned with human design and applying it to so many different areas of life. But it's really interesting because, you know, you talked about having your own agency where you had other clients and you like let everyone go. And then you came into this opportunity and now we're just 
you know, we're leveraging human design to run this massive, you know, seven figure plus company on top of doing all of our own things. And I would love if you can share how you got into this. Cause I know you said that that was another crazy like manifestation story as well. Yeah. I mean, all <laughs> so after I let go of my first agency where I found the people that did manifestation, babe, and I'll just tell you like the quick version of it, but you, you'll just see how it's wild, how things work. But so I had done MBA, obviously I let go of that. And I was like, let me get, and I guess really I've done everything very intentional of having a very big vision. Like every step I've done it like that, it makes sense for my next level, right? Like it's, it's like, okay, this is contributing. Like this factor is going to expand me in this area. So I'm going to take this job. So then it can expand me in this area. Like it's always been very intentional. I don't just take jobs because like, Oh, I need money. Like it's usually like, okay, at least it, it, it gives me the flexibility of being remote. Like there's something always that I'm like, okay, this is contributing to the life that I want to live, right? So right after I got out of my agency job, um, I was like, okay, uh, let me let me do this. Let me start getting everything together. And then I got I got an opportunity to work with an aid, another agency that just worked with coaches and online entrepreneurs. And I was like, amazing. I'm going to be able to see like the back end of things. And I'm going to be able to see like how people grow their business, but from the from the back end perspective, right? Like how they do launches, how they launch their business. And I'm also going to be able to be expanded in how, how much people make. So it could also be a standard for me. Like, so I can have a different benchmark for myself because obviously uh, coaches make a lot of money. And where I was, wasn't just there yet. I hadn't been expanded. I hadn't known too many people that are coaches that made a lot of money, that made life easy, that had a lot of launches and, and things like that. So I did it more of the expansion part. And I was like, I'm gonna apply and see what happens. I applied, it was so easy. I got hired, like literally like the week of, I worked with really like, with like, Gabby Bernstein like I worked with like manifestation babe again and so this is the craziest thing I worked actually in the back end of manifestations babe's launches and I thought that was wild because she was like the person that introduced me to everything and when they were in the process of getting into this agency she they like literally told me they're like oh we actually went with you because you had been in our first cohort of manifestation so you know you like you really know what's happening I was like no trust me I know <laughs> and they're like yeah and, and even Brennan was like oh I actually saw you on like on our on our like on our um cohort basically of the first one I was like yeah and so we we actually did the strategy together and it was crazy to see that like I went into their program and now I'm like literally doing the strategy of one of their biggest launch and we had really a, a like an incredible launch with them too and it was just so full circle I'm like this is so crazy you know and then I went into doing SSEC and manifestation, but was also in that same cohort. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like literally like this girl's like always around me. And I was like, no, it's, it's just, it's, it's really, really crazy to see how like little things would manifest like that. And I was like, it's just, there's no other explanation than like really alignment. Like, cause there's no way that I just went into the same core and she actually went in SSEC a little bit late. Like she didn't even go into the normal time. She actually went a little bit later for it. So that's kind of a little bit of the journey <laughs> of how it, it like little steps went to it. So then after I did the, the agency with my coach and everything, like with the coaches and everything, I decided to leave because morally it just felt a little bit um, weird uh, and doing, uh, doing marketing like that. So I left and I decided to get, just get clients and 
I was making a really good money, but I was burnt out. I was so tired and I was like, this is not working, right? Yeah, okay, monetarily, yes, but it's not in full alignment because I'm literally so tired. So I decided to let go all my clients and I got very clear on what I wanted. I wanted to work in with a coach that had a very good vision and it was morally aligned. Um, had a team because I've worked with a lot of entrepreneurs that I do like graphic work and copywriting. And I'm like, that's not my zone of genius. You know, that's not where I thrive in. And so I wanted someone with, with, with a team and I wanted obviously flexibility and I wanted to be compensated correctly. And that's it. I put it out there. And right as I did that, I just got like this, this feeling of like, I should reach out to Eden. Cause I had already been in her mastermind and I just messaged her really quick. I was like, Hey, by the way, like I'm looking for, I'm looking for, um, like people that need help with marketing that are coaches that, you know, have like really a, like a good vision and like good value and stuff. Um, if you or anyone else, you know, needs somebody like, let me know. And she's like, Oh my gosh, I've, you've actually been in like my, in my space. Like I've been thinking about you. Let me ride my emotional wave and I'll get back to you. And I was like, you're kidding. I'm like, okay. I'm like, yeah, you do that. Yeah, thanks. And then, and then, yeah, like that week or a week and a half later, we got on a call and and then I was hired and then, and then we just did it. And then right after that too, I worked with a lot of different coaches, like just one-off small things, but it was just really crazy to see how I started attracting all these different coaches and therapists. I worked with therapists too, um, to do their social media and like, just like their strategy overall. And it was, it was really awesome to see and then I got even clearer afterwards that I only want to work with Eden and that's this is where I'm at right now <laughs> just yes. with Eden. <laughs> oh my god I love this story this is so cool and it's I love to see how everything it lined up and then the things fell away like when you were done with them you know what I mean like so yeah. seamlessly and I feel like so last year when I dove into SSCC so I started in January of 2021 and I remember I was like, so inspired. I was like, oh my God, like, I love that there's support coaches. So at that time, SSCC was live and right now it's, it's self-paced, but things might change in the future. Shameless plug <laughs> anyways. So we're, we're in this cohort, you know, doing it live. And I was like, oh my God, I would love to be a support coach. Like, I really want to be a support coach. I would love to work for Eden. Like I'm obsessed with human design, all the things. And then obviously she switched it to self-paced. So that opportunity wasn't there anymore. And I was like, so bummed about it. And I was like, God, like I would have really loved to have been doing that. And then also my own stuff. And then it was in, in February, I was in a position where, you know, it was either like get a nine to five Kayla or like, you know, stick it out, figure out a way that you can do what you love. Right. So I actually reached out to Eden as well, which is so funny, obviously being a generator, but I was like, I dream, I had a dream about her the night before. And I was like, I woke up in the morning. I was like, Kayla, you have to reach out. Like, that's your sign. And so I reached out to her and I was like, Hey, like, if you have any openings available on your team, like I would really love to be part of your team. And then she reached back out to me and like wrote her emotional wave. And she offered me like this copywriting role, obviously that I'm doing. And like, obviously I think my, my G center of planning and direction is also involved in this. And I was like, this is crazy. And I felt so seen, which is hilarious. Cause having a completely open throat center, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I can do this. I can copyright. I can sound like other people. Like I'm literally designed to do this. And so uh-huh. I just couldn't believe it because it turned out so much better than expected. And then now we're all, we're all doing this where we're contributing to a massive vision and we're also getting to focus on our own business. And it's like redefining, you know, you and I have had a lot of conversations around our experience of like working in the corporate world and then coming onto this team and like what it means to really focus on quality over quantity and like 
time for money, like all of these paradigms are are falling away and like launching, like you have had experiences with launching. I think we should talk about this actually. <laughs> You've had experiences with launching where it's like so stressful and there's so much shit going on. And then there's us on the team who, you know, I've never had massively huge launches yet. So it's like, we're kind of oblivious to how stressful it can be. Right. So yeah. yeah. But I love that. This is how it should be. It shouldn't be so stressful. I think that we all buy into narratives and the coaching industry is buys into whatever narrative is, is being put out, you know, and obviously it's also a good selling point. Launches can be stressful. So then let's just like, like really dig in there and be like, launches are so stressful. So everyone buys into, into the idea of launches that are stressful, but it doesn't always have to be that way, you know? And Eden is such a good demonstration of that. There's, there's a lot of people that I worked on when, when I had that, like when I worked at that agency that would say in their social media that it was so not stressful, but then you'd see them on the calls. And I'm like, dude, if this is not stressful, then I don't know what you're doing. Are you like regulated? Are you okay? Are you sleeping? Like, you know? And so it was like very like, that's the whole morally thing that I was like, I really want to work with someone that shows and says what they, what they act and how it is really on the back end. And no one's really lying because I did see sometimes a lot of that, like misalignment, right? Like people were like, Oh, this was the most seamless launch ever. And then on the calls are like tripping out. And I'm like, what are you, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, I just felt like icky about it. I'm like, no, this is not it. Like, Yes, you could have a, a like a, a like a smooth launch, but that's not really what is actually happening. So I'm like, no, you know, like I, I don't vibe with that. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think it is about our team and the, the cohesiveness and the collaboration that is allowing us to like launch into things so well? You know, like obviously I'm just I told you like, you know, what is it? Um, ignorance is bliss. You know, like, I don't know what it's like to have like a multiple six figure launch. That's like fucking stressful. So then I come in and I'm like this little fun. And then everyone else is, we're all doing our own thing, but like, you've mm -hmm. seen the extremes, right? So what do you think it is that is allowing us to do this? Cause I feel like this is really valuable information for the listeners too. Yeah. It's Eden. It's, it's, I'm, I'm not kidding. It's Eden and it's, it's management. It's, it's how you hold and how you lead people. It really is. Because if the top person, if the person with the vision, if the person that's holding isn't emotionally regulated, it's going to be a roller coaster. Just how entrepreneurship can be a roller coaster, right? Like when you have off months, what happens, right? You can trip out and like feel like you're just going to shut your business out or you can emotionally regulate and you can be like, it's fine. <laughs> this is not, this is not going to be like a forever thing. Maybe we're just having a slow month, whatever it is, you know? So you, you, you process emotions and then you come back and you provide safety to your team, to your vision, to your launch, to whatever it is that you're working on. A lot of the time we don't know how to emotionally regulate. And this is like such a big thing. And this is why hypnotherapy and all those things. And just like nervous system regulation, emotional intelligence is so needed for leaders, right? Because if you can emotionally regulate, it doesn't mean that it's not going to come up because shit is going to hit the fans and you're going to feel all the things and it's okay. It's not a big deal, but it's how you handle that and how you portray that into your team again, because I've worked in agencies. I was in charge of my team. And this is where I see also the biggest change for me as a, as a, like in leadership position, because before my emotions were not regulated. I would, if I was feeling like too much, I would 
literally like drain other people with too muchness too, right? Like, oh my gosh, we're tripping out. This is not going well. So what is what is the response to other people? Oh my God, this is not going well. Holy shit, everything's hitting the fans. And so you just kind of like poison everyone else on your team too, because they're all now they were fine before, but now they're tripping out and now everyone's tripping out. And then we're all like trying to like, you know, extinguish <laughs> the fire that we created in our own minds. And that's what happens because I think Eden does a, such a good job in processing her emotions and bringing safety into the team and where we also all trust each other. You know, there's not like, wow, she's going to drop the ball. So now I have to really, really be here because I know that she's going to mess it up or something like that. We all trust, you know what to do. I know what to do. We all have it kind of together. Obviously there's things that like, you know, we need something today because they're like, it was, it didn't get done, but there's no there's not that sense of like urgency or like mistrust or anything like that. So everything kind of flows good because everyone I think also has a a good handle of themselves. And I think that that has to do with the mastermind that we have. It has to do with this level of support we have as individual people, because in a company, yeah, you can support people as professionals, but we're humans. Mm -hmm. We are human beings that are working, right? We're not like workers that are part-time human beings. Like we are genuinely full-time human beings. Your personal shit is going to impact you as a worker, as a person, as a person that produces shit, you know? So if we don't take that into consideration, we're going to have very dysregulated people that feel not seen because they, if they're going through something, they're just going to feel like they're in it by themselves. So when you actually bring care into your team, I genuinely feel it literally changes everything. Yeah. I think that this is one of the biggest things. So what Ali was saying about the mastermind is that we obviously have our calls together with Eden as a team, you know, every other week we have calls together, just as the team, we have like Voxer chats, like we, you know, we use a sauna, like these are all the tools that we use, but this mastermind call is like, I think an opportunity, especially because we're all working remotely and we're literally in different countries, like different time zones, everyone where we get to come together and like talk about our shit and like process it and get support with one another. Like, I love what you said about how, like, we're not human beings part-time, like we're full-time human beings and we work part-time, even if you have a quote, full-time job, you know what I mean? And so I really, I really love that because that's what I found, you know, obviously I've had huge breakthroughs in my own business in the last few months where I went from like making a thousand dollars to like having a five figure month in like three months, which is crazy. But when I look at the conversation that we're having, the reason why I was able to do that is because I had allowed myself to get to the point where I was feeling the worst feelings. Like I was in the shit and I have an undefined emotional solar plexus, right? I have 36 and six, which is my conscious sun and earth. Those are about conflict and turbulence. So it's like, it's a lot to be amplified. But I remember thinking like, Kayla, if you can handle yourself at your lowest point, where you're so stressed out, where you're fighting with your boyfriend, where you don't even know if you're going to make rent because money's so tight. And it's just like, you're completely out of alignment. If you can handle and hold yourself at that point, then you're going to be able to handle and hold yourself at the point of expansion where, you know, you're able to receive and you're able to, to trust the ebbs and flows of business. And I, I was like that, that is literally emotional regulation. This is why I, all of a sudden, after three years, it was like things clicked and they just scaled very quickly. And now it's like, you know, I don't have this concern about dropping below a certain income. And it's like, oh, I'm not worried about, you know, I I do worry about sometimes if I'm doing enough and so on, but then I catch myself and I'm like, what do I need to support myself right now? Like, it's just, I think it's completely underestimated. I think it's really great that, you know, we're paying attention to emotional regulation because that's going to, to kill off this hustle and grind mentality. You know what I mean? 
Yes, so much. And also it allows you not to self-sabotage so much, right? Because if you don't allow yourself to feel the depths of your emotions, anytime you go close to that, you're going to be like, no, I need to stop this. I need to get out of this. I need to do something else. I need to distract myself. I need to drink, smoke, what, oh, anything, you know? And so like when you allow yourself to go there and like really build that muscle of like, I can, I can, I got this. Even if I feel like shit at my lowest, I still have myself. That's a level of trust that you won't ever get anywhere else. You know, that's a level of safety you create in your body that you will never get anywhere else. As same as the level of joy you allow yourself to have. Like it's not just negative emotions, like whatever we call negative emotions, you know, like sadness or or anger or whatever, but even like the other part, because a lot of the times people do also don't allow themselves to feel enough joy. So when they're too joyous, this happens to us all the time. We've talked about it too. Like this is too good to be true, right? Like what is like the catch? Like you're like, kind of like what, when is it all going to just turn into shit at one point? And it's like, allow yourself to live in bliss and to live in, in joy and happiness, especially as generators where you can feel this a lot and allow it to be safe in your body, right? Allowing it to fully be safe in your body and not like allowing it to take over is really important. Yes. Oh my gosh. Let's, I want to pull in human design a little bit more to this. So just so that the listeners know, Ali has seven centers defined. It's her spleen <laughs> and her head that are undefined. And I'm pretty sure you're a triple split as well. So there's like three different conversations going yeah. on in your body. And Ali and I actually did a human design reading together yesterday. And we were looking at how she's an unconscious mental projector. And so this was like very eye-opening when we talk about the alchemization of like how to regulate, how to really pay attention to your environment, even though you have a defined G center in the quantum and consciously it's like, you know, there's so much there. So I'm really curious, like, can you share more from a human design lens, like how you've really learned how to emotionally regulate and like how this is helping you right now in like life and business? Yeah. So yeah, emotionally regulation. I just, I really, it was about staying in those feelings, right? Like um, a lot of the time, because I never felt anything, it was more about exploring more from a curious standpoint, instead of like labeling it, because also in society, you know, you, there's a lot of like, oh, you should always be high vibe and like the whole thing. And it was about really taking all that away and understanding that I'm here to experience a full range of emotions, a spectrum, the whole thing, right? So allowing myself to go there. I used to never allow myself to not even get sad, but feel like disappointment, feel all the different things. So it's a, I really was allowing myself to be there and allowing myself to be emotional, like to identify myself as an emotional being. Cause I didn't, I, I, I never allowed that to be a thing before. Um, so I really see that happening a lot um, on my end as well. I feel the emotional um, shifts of everything. And one of the things um, that I really like to do as well, especially when making decisions is taking myself through that decision, right? Like when I even did, like uh, I, I had left uh, Colombia, I had broken up with my ex-boyfriend basically and just started everything. And I was like, okay, I have to kind of start anew, right? So I really brought myself through the emotions of, okay, like how would it be like to work with Eden? And I just like kind of went through it, through everything, right? And I usually feel like the lows of like, oh, what if I don't know enough? What if I, you know, she knows so much about human design. How do I know that much? So then I, I take myself through those emotions and I get really excited about like all the different projects we could be doing. And like, I take myself through all of it and then I really come to the clarity of it all and kind of see, okay, like now that I'm clear, how, how does that look like for me? So that's a little bit more on the, on the emotional side of things. 
I love that you are being so connected to your emotions and like being so open about it. And I love that you're talking about this too, because you know, you have the hanging gate of 49 and then you have that 47, 37 channel, like consciously in your chart. And so I think that again, it's important to consider like human design is a spectrum because, you know, somebody might say, oh, you only have, you know, one conscious channel and a hanging gate unconsciously, you know, you're probably not that emotional. Right. But it's like, you're obviously connected to those emotions. And I feel like having that heart center connected as well is like the intensity of like, you know, what it means to be in integrity, what it means to have willpower to do the things that you love doing, like your desires and the materialism and so on. Like, I think that that I'm curious of like, that's the flavor of emotions that you experience. Because I feel like whatever's connected to the emotional solar plexus is going to give that flavor of emotions. Yeah, I actually, um, when I was in Eden's mastermind, uh, one of the things we really worked on was the ego center. <laughs> uh, it was because I, I always felt like I was too much and not just because obviously I'm like heavily defined, but also because my ego center is defined and it's also towards my emotional center. And I've always felt this feeling of like, uh, I'm am I showing off? Am I too much to other people? Am I owning my desires way too much that I'm affecting other people around me? And that this actually does happen. And I had, I had to normalize in my body. And this is where nervous system regulation is also really good, right? Like when we actually start to like normalize in our bodies that like me owning my desires, first of all, is not affecting, like I'm not doing any harm to other people, right? And I'm actually showing them and expanding them that they're allowed to go for their desires as well. Me creating a life that I like is, is actually showing other people and people can actually borrow this energy from me to actually create the life that they want to like be able to see okay like what is it that 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 they want to create and I think that that's so so important we talked about this yesterday in our reading about having that that emotional or not emotional sorry the ego center defined and just like you feeling like you know, you've actually, I think we could talk a little bit more about this. Like if you sort of share again, what we chatted about how you've like done all this work to create the life that you love. And like, you're like, I'm going to do this. I'm committed to this. And I was like, remember, I was like, oh my God, this is such a heart center thing. Like you just fucking went for it. You created this life. And now you're like, okay, it's real. And I'm triggering people. Can you talk more about that? Cause I think this is huge. Yeah. And it's funny because in my brand, I also like in my Instagram and everything, I talk about deciding because for me, it's like so quick on the decision. Like I literally have to decide and that's like the commitment part of it. And then I will work for it like fiercely, like even like being nomad and like traveling a lot. Like I had to, I, I, I mean, I had a fights with my family and my family thought I was crazy. My friends thought I was crazy. Even my, when I quit my, my agency job, the first one, he's like, you know, no one is going to give you leadership like this. And I was like, and they like instilled fear in me. And I was like, no, it doesn't matter. Right. Because it, it also needs, you need like another level of trust for this. You need like, you need to trust your own self and be like, okay, I get this, but I just, I, I believe in this vision. Like I believe that I can create this for myself. And so that's kind of also what happened in, in my life. Like I, I was like, there's this level of first, like kind of, and it could be also like writing your emotional wave a little bit, like understanding, okay, like, is this really going to be for me? Is this something that I did really want to go into? And then once you're fully committed, like once I fully, like, it's almost like I grab onto that willpower, I can use my willpower to really push me through and I will get what I want. You know, I, I will go like, until I can no longer, I will get what I want. And, and that actually made me a little shameful for a little bit of time because I was seen very ambitious. I was seen like, my dad would be like, you don't have to do everything right. Like right now, right now, like what is the urgency? And I would be like, 
no one there's there's nothing outside of me that is urgent like it's me it's me on me on me like i am creating my own pressure for me i i don't i know i don't need to do this right now but i want to and and i know that i can and so i am you know and and like a lot of people never really understood that and there was a lot of shame on my ambitions like maybe i'm not thinking maybe i'm too selfish maybe a lot of those things came up in in the process of everything i love this so much because you have four motor centers defined so it's kind of like, and your heart is consciously defined. So it's like, get the fuck out of my way. I'm emotionally regulated. I know my feelings. I know what I want and I'm going for it. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's, I don't know. I just love that so much. Yeah. And learning. And I started learning like to trust myself was the biggest thing because if not, like I, at one point I was like, mm, I feel like that it's a muscle that you also grow. And when you start trusting yourself and you're like, you know, I can actually do all this. Oh, then you start to like, just like, in, like it's a snowball effect. It's like gets bigger and bigger, faster and faster. And then you just kind of go. But obviously there's times that, you know, I, I can't fully commit to certain things and there. And while, yeah, everything happens so beautifully, sometimes there are growing pains, you know, that you have oh, to yeah. go through. There's so yeah. much growing pain. So let us like to highlight that. <laughs> yeah, actually, let's talk about I'm getting this like intuitive hit right now, because we both have an undefined splenic center. Mm-hmm. And we talked a little bit about this yesterday. But I feel like when you talk about trusting yourself, and the splenic center is about intuition, and it's about, you know, your your physical awareness and whatnot as well. And then there's obviously all the fear gates and just like what drives one person to be, you know, aligned with what is safe and secure for them. And so I'm really curious to hear, cause like you have so much definition in your chart and then we have the undefined splenic center, which I also have undefined. How has that shown up for you? And like either positively, or let's say for lack of a better word, negatively like impacted mm-hmm. how you operate. Cause I feel like that center is just notorious for codependency. And I can literally say that for myself as well. Yeah, it, it shows up in codependency and not letting go of things. So as fast as I should have, right, there's always this voice within you and it, it starts slowly whispering, like having a good time. And then it starts to get really, really, really loud. And then it, for me, I, how I experienced it, it literally takes over my body where I cannot go forward. Like I, like when I knew I had to quit my last job, like my agency job, I couldn't physically go anymore I was just I was so tapped out I, there was no energy for it and so my body really like it has to go to that extreme for me to fully let go which you know it's a work in progress <laughs> learning to let go a little bit faster than when my body can no longer um, take it anymore um, but I definitely do feel that part of of it right of the fear of like sometimes I know something is a good decision like I, I should let go of this and then fear takes over like really big it's like but what if and what what happens is that and what if this is actually the best thing that could actually ever be for you right and like what if there's nothing better out there and it can get really really intense and it really takes crazy amounts of awareness because it it's so loud for me sometimes it's so so loud for me I experience it so loud because the that and my head center is the one. And la- yesterday we talked about it too, the confusion, that confusion of like, oh, am I doing this the right thing? Should I do this? Should I do that? Like it's, I, I experienced those two undefined centers so heavily. And I also experienced that I take a lot of conditioning from my family, especially from my parents on that splenic center. So speaking of like about abundance and money and generating money, I don't have a lot of people in my family that make a lot of money, right? And, and the people that I do, it's not that well seen, I guess you can call it. So it can be a little bit difficult to really like work with that undefined uh, splenic center. 
So yeah, it took a lot of deconditioning too of the stories that I was, I, I really was like wired into and programmed into about money, about like traveling, about like living a different life than society. Um, so that one plays a big role. And it, I guess it always will be. And that's something else too, right? In human design, like you just know that it's never gonna go away. You just you just get better at handling it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love what you shared about because I mean you have the 44 reaching over into into the heart center, right? And I can also attest to that where, you know, I'm like a first generation of somebody who got a degree in university and then, you know, is like an entrepreneur and is, you know, aiming to make a lot of money and make a really huge impact. And I had to do so much deconditioning around wanting to have more in my life than let's say playing the traditional role of being a woman that was financially supported by their partner. And I'm saying this like very gently because I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying that that's not what I wanted for myself. And so it's been really interesting to notice the, I mean, I have a completely open heart center. So it's like, I need to prove myself. I need to force this shit to happen. Like this needs to like, I need money. I need this. Like it's coming from a place of scarcity because my heart center is open. I mean, I have seven undefined centers. Like Ali and I are like the opposite, but I have my G and my circle defined, right? So it's just, I found that was really interesting. And I'm really curious what your experience was because you kind of just tapped into it, but I want to talk about this more because I think it's really powerful that we are starting to see women really tap into financial abundance and being more independent and like just really starting to disintegrate the traditional gender roles yeah yeah and and it can come with a lot of shame especially like latin i'm basically pretty latin (laughs) um yeah like you don't see that often right like the the guy is a breadwinner and all these things and having a defined ego center you're just like no this is not this is not what i believe i have my own desires i have my own goals that i want to fulfill regardless of my partnership regardless of people regardless of anything it's 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 so much of a personal inner quest really it's like it's like an inner quest and i think that a lot of women don't go for this because there is a level of shame and there's a level of mistrust like they don't trust that they can handle because it's always seen as the man handles everything right like the man can do the things but it does take that level of trust for you to to really go for it and also when you do start achieving it's also like learning again that you're not too much, right? You don't have to, and this is something we talked about yesterday too, is like, you don't have to show that you struggled and you did all the things so then you're worthy of the things that you deserve. You just deserve it because you deserve it and that's okay and that's that's good. It's You're just being, right? You deserve it because you are, uh, that's it. And that happens a lot with the ego center. It just like, you, you get things and then now you're like, okay, now I have to really show other people that I struggled real hard, that I worked so hard for this and that it's okay for me to deserve this, right? Because then you're too much. And this too muchness is something that I really struggle with too. And I feel as a woman, it even comes more. Like it really, and I'm, I'm sure, and I hope that there's other women out there too that feel like when they're heavily defined or they're heavily go for, for their dreams and things, they, they feel like they're too much. And they're like, maybe I can't find a guy that can support me or maybe guys might feel intimidated by me. That was such a thing for me. I was like, whoever I date is going to feel intimidated because I do have really big goals and I really do want to make a lot of money and I do want to help a lot of people. And like, what if, you know, what, what then? What am I going to do with all of this? Um, and it's allowing yourself to, to be very ambitious and be passionate and be all the things and you're still going to find someone. And yeah. I really love to hear, you know, you know how in the human design industry, like they really share how 
is kind of praised to have a lot of definition because you're like, oh, you have this energy consistently within you. But I feel like you're just showing so authentically the side of how there's a shadow aspect of when you have a, when you're heavily defined, it's like you feel like too much. You know what I mean? Like, and I think it's like so healthy to normalize that so that people can understand like, oh, like they can kind of have a why if they do have a lot of definition in their chart, like, oh, like I'm, you know, this is why I feel like I'm too much or I'm too ambitious or whatever. And I really love just a lot of your sharing right now is like coming from such an aligned heart center as well, where it's like, go get what the fuck you want because you want it. And one thing I love too, is in our conversation is like, even though I have an open heart center and yours is defined, we both have defined G center. And I mean, I have a lot of definition in there consciously and unconsciously, but it's like the direction of just going where you want to go, doing what you want to do. You know, that's so, that's so critical. Right. Though it actually, one of the, one of the last things I want to talk about is like, you're a nomadic and I would love for you to share more about this and how you created this life of, you know, you're in Colombia right now. And we we're talking, you're we talking yesterday about you wanted to go to Europe and like, can you just share how your nomadic experiences started and like what the story is with that? Yeah. So I, I've loved to travel always. Like my sister loved travel and she kind of inspired me because she would travel even when she was sick, she had cancer and she, even with pills, even in in chemotherapy, she was like, let's go to Lisbon. And she would just like, let's go to Peru. And I was like, yeah, okay, let's do it. And so she like lived a very full, full life. And so it just inspired me. I'm like, okay, well, obviously she, she passed away. So then I was like, she didn't have all the time. So just made me feel like okay I'm gonna live for two people right like I'm just gonna go for it and just like create the best that I can at the end of the day like what is there to lose like you could actually just die tomorrow like you actually you know so I was like let's just like let's just go for it and so I started to travel and then I once I got on my agency job I would use all my time off just to travel I never took off just to like be home or something I there are always vacations in place for those things and when I got off even my boss was like do you want to be like remote is that like what you need so you can stay in this company and I was like I was like yeah but it was more than just being remote for at least for them so then I I got a remote job and then I started tippy-toeing my 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 toes into like traveling to Los Angeles for two weeks and like staying with my friends while I was still working and I was like wow this is okay I can do this this is fine and honestly my whole life it's always been like that tippy-toeing right like emerging myself and feeling how I feel mm, is this okay does this feel good and then coming out and then doing it a little bit longer and then coming out and be like all right I'm just gonna go full in now um and so I started doing that I, I went to Europe I went to like I went to Spain I went to Portugal I went to Paris I went to Prague I went to Italy all while I was remote and it was fine nothing hit the fans I was like okay I can definitely kind of do this so then I was like I'm gonna I'm going to like end my lease and it's funny because every time I make a decision I usually always speak about it first I speak about it I it almost it's like it grounds the idea of it actually happening because if I don't speak about it, it's just inside of me and I'm like no one knows about this and I don't know if this is real and I feel so like this I is your speak. your unconscious projector mental projector I know we talked about this yesterday so she has an unconscious mental projector and I was like yo you're gonna like need to talk things out and feel it and you literally just said it so I had I had to like interrupt and be like this is a why 
when we were talking about this yesterday, I was like, this makes so much sense. Like, this is literally my process. I talk about it and I expand myself. Right. So I started getting into like into Facebook groups. So whatever I'm fearful of or like whatever I'm like concerned about a certain decision, I try to like expand myself the other way. Right. Like, okay, I'm like, oh, it's dangerous. Women can't travel by themselves. Right. Like that. Oh, my God. Who are we? And so then I started to get into Facebook groups and I started to just Google like nomad woman. And then I got into these Facebook groups and then all these women are like, oh, my God, I want to hear I went over there. And then they're all talking about how they're just having this great ass time traveling everywhere by themselves and nothing's happening to them. So I was like, hmm, okay, subconscious mind, pick that up. <laughs> Listen to that. And then I started to go into um, Colombia because I've always loved Colombia. And I had gone, I had come here, I think like almost like four years ago and only stayed for two days. And I felt like, oof, this is a place that I could definitely come and live. And so when I decided to end my lease, I my friend had invited me to Brazil for New Year's and I was like, okay, perfect. I'll go. It's two weeks. So I did it. And then I, I, I took, I bought my ticket to Peru and I have family there. So I was like, perfect. I'll just leave it open. I'll leave it open and I'll see what happens. And so I went to Brazil. I had a great time. Nothing hit the fans of my job. And I was like, perfect. And then I went to Peru. Everything was fine again. Um, And I did have to do a lot of regulation because I felt like I was living this crazy life that was just too much for me. And I was like, this is getting scary. I'm like, wow, this is like the dream and, and it's crazy. And yeah, I did have to do a lot of emotional regulation and just nervous system regulation in general because it was, it was a, a lot. Um, and then after that, I actually, it was crazy because my other friend was like, Hey, let's, I also work remote. So let's go to Colombia. And I was like, okay, perfect. So I booked my ticket to Colombia with her. And then I, my other friend invited me to dinner and he's like, Hey, I'm going to go to Bolivia. And it was right before Colombia. Like the dates were perfect. And he had, he was actually like, I'm actually going to go to, um, Colombia right after too. So then I ended up going to Bolivia. I did like the, um, the salt waters that they have over there it's like literally beautiful and I then I did Colombia and then I obviously stayed in Colombia and then yeah and then I, I went back home because of the pen oh no we went to Mexico because she also invited me to Mexico we went to Mexico uh we did the whole thing it was great and then I went back home for for the pandemic and then I was like I need to go back to Colombia and I went back to Colombia it was only going to be for a month and then I stayed here for four months, found a boyfriend <laughs> and yeah. And then that was kind of, that was pretty much it. And then obviously I went to, I went to Dubai that summer too. I went to Dubai and, um, and Turkey and then, yeah. And then I, I came back to Colombia and then I did Mexico, Guatemala, Panama and Peru. That's so cool. So what's the window of this? Like, when did you start this nomadic life? And then I guess obviously right now we're like the spring of 2022. It was right before pan- the pandemic hit. So was it when did, when's the pan- 2019? I guess like 2019. Yeah. Cause the pandemic hit yeah. like March, 2020. Yeah. So I ended my lease um, on the 2000. Well, yeah, I guess 2018 of uh, the, like December, like end of the year, 2018. I ended my lease. I did like three months of full traveling. And then obviously the pandemic hit, I went back home. I I, I spent in Chicago. And then right after that, like as soon as December of the next year, so 2021, I left. And then I've been kind of abroad ever since most of it. That's so cool. What is the, what is the biggest thing that you've learned from being nomadic? cultures people I honestly first it's also yeah like time management (laughs) time management and like really like um yeah like let like 
having space for work and having space for fun because you can get really scrambled and you can get overwhelmed with how many things are going on. There's so many activities, there's so much work you have to do and you have to handle all the things at the same time and also rest, you know, because rest is important. <laughs> um, and so that was a really big thing um, that I, I really learned. But also I love meeting people. Like the people that you meet while you're traveling- Your line. <laughs> amazing. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've gotten clients like everywhere. I I connect people. My dentist here keeps telling me she's like she I get free I get free like free services basically because I recommend her so many people. She's like you recommend me so many people like you yeah, here. Here's a cleaning for free. And it's oh my, my god. And I literally connect her with everything. My yeah, my dentist like I also have like an uh, a little um like a little finca, like a little farm that you can go to and you can recommend your friends too. So she's like really using me here to like fill up her businesses. <laughs> Oh my God. I love it. And you know, what's funny too. One of the things with two, four is that I, I heard about this in a podcast episode a while back. And I thought it was so interesting because you even shared it probably subconsciously without realizing, but the two, four really needs to have stability before they like jump in. So when you were talking about, Oh yeah, I'm like dipping my toes in and then dip my toes in a little more. And then looking at like, what is the next thing is like having that network, having that net to be taken care of. And I think obviously having the undefined spleen, that's a really huge thing too. Like, how can I have safety and security? How can I be connected with my people? How can I also have time to rest and recharge with the two line and like share my wisdom and be like seen and heard for the things that I know. So I just, as I was listening to you, I was like totally hearing the alignment with your design, obviously. Yeah. 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 Even like what we were talking about, like the cruise ship and stuff where we like need to take a second to like go back to yeah I get called antisocial all the time I'm like it's not even antisocial I just needed a second I, I know my own oh my energy. god <laughs> so I just went on an Alaskan cruise just so that the the audience knows and then Ali and I were talking yesterday so I'm a 6-2 sacral generator and I was saying to Ali I was like I like I, I went from working at home alone with my two fucking cats 24-7 like working home alone like at least I'm at home with like 10 hours a day 12 hours a day alone to going on a cruise ship with 2,500 people and going on for a whole week and also being around my boyfriend's family. So there was like his mom, her husband, sister, and their 15 month old baby who were there too. And I was like losing my mind. Like, even though, you know, I'm also, even though I'm a sacral generator and they say generators can like handle being go, go, go. And I'm like, listen, I have two fucking centers to find. I'm picking up everything from every, everyone all the time. And it was really interesting too, because I noticed I'm a shores environment. So I was thriving when I was like on the edges of the boat where mm -hmm. I could like see the nature, see the scenery, be on the balcony of our little suite by myself. Right. But when I was in the mid, like literally in the middle, there's like this massive tunnel of the floors that meets, you can see they're playing like music and stuff on the bottom floor people are dancing and it comes straight up and there's the elevators and it's like so much commotion and I'm just like not into it and it was mm -hmm. so interesting to see this from a human design lens like really seeing how I'm picking up the energy yes I can go and socialize but then my two line is like I need to be alone in the room and my boyfriend's like just come to the deck like I'm just gonna lay there and we'll like see the ocean and and whatever and I'm like I need to be by myself it's not personal but I literally need to be by myself to unplug and so I feel like you get this and it's like yeah it gets it does get framed as like being antisocial being rude and I'm like I want to be present when I'm with people not distracted and detached you know 
Yeah. Or like annoyed. Like you, you almost feel like restless. You're like, okay, you need to get away from me. It's almost like, yeah, you think it's rude that I'm taking part like time away, but you don't want to see my rudeness when I'm with you and I'm not like recharged. It's, it's like another level of like oh, yeah. irritability. Like I feel like, oh, I just, every, everything gets in my, in my, like, yeah, on my nerves and stuff. So it's hard when your family is also very like united and they always want to do things together. And you're just like, oh man, I get it. But I also need to take a second. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard. It's hard balance. Yeah. I think it's, you know, for the two lines listening to this, like it's normal. Or, you know, if you have an undefined G center and you really pick up on your environment or just any undefined spaces in your chart, like you're going to pick that up and you're going to need to deplug. Like that's totally normal. So yeah, at least human design gives us a reason, you know, and it's not like, yeah. oh my God, I'm so mean. I don't want to be around people. It's like, this is the why. Understand yeah. it, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, this is why it's a permission slip. I'm like, wow, wow, I'm, this is fine, you know, because it does create a lot of, like, it creates a lot of shame. And this is why, oh, there's just like the shame and hypnotherapy is just so great <laughs> uh, when it comes all together, because there is a lot of shame when you don't fully understand yourself, how your needs make you feel shameful, right? Your needs of being alone or needing a community or feeling recognized, right? A lot of people are like, you don't need external validation. Yes, of course. So don't like go thirst hunting, right? Like for validation, but you do need it as a two line. You don't, you can't see it, right? So yeah. it's really important to be able to integrate these two aspects because then like you could really see um, how it all comes together and how there's no need to be shameful of it, right? And yeah. you can, like, really integrate that part into you. I love one of the things about our team. So there's, you know, five, well, technically six of us that are on the team with Eden, but the five of us that work closely together, we're all two lines, rather two, four or six, two, and mm -hmm. we're all sacral beings. And so, and then like half of us have our G center to find the other half don't like, it's crazy to see like the chemistry, but I really think what I really notice for me is when I'm seen, I think having an open throat and also the two line. When I get seen by somebody else who's a two line, whether it's a two, four or six, two, or for some fucking reason, when I get seen by a projector, because they are like the essence of recognition and success that really hits me in the feels. I'm like, oh my God, like I just, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm yeah. glowing. It's just really deep. And I'm curious if you, if you feel that too. I feel that in recognition, especially towards like the knowledge part of things, like it's crazy. It's mostly in that knowledge part, like in the, in like the, the insights that I give, which makes a lot of sense. If you think about the projector part of my, and especially what we were talking about yesterday, that's when I feel it the most. Um, really like when someone really appreciates that because I can't see it. Like, I think that's the place where I'm mostly like, I unconscious really like, I just, no, it's just not a part of me. And people are like, Oh my God, that was so insightful. And I'm like, Thank you. Because wow, I, I wasn't really sure where we were going with this. I'm like, was this actually good? Not, I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Two, four, right. But then again, mental projector and that yeah. 43, 23 channel that you have connecting the Aja to the throat is unconsciously defined. So that's all about 23. It's all about timing. And 43 is all about like being able to see things differently and like share that with people. And then the unconscious <clears throat> body of being a mental projector is like that makes so much sense I love how yeah. there's like that's such a beautiful example of like being multi-layered and being multi-dimensional and it's not just you being an emotional generator you know what I mean no yeah because I definitely feel that unconscious now that we talk about it more too I, I definitely feel how that shows up in my life a lot actually yeah Oh my gosh. So good. I yeah. loved our conversation today. I feel like we talked about 10,000 different things and it's just like, 
you know, all of your energy and all my openness. It was just like so much chemistry. Like we have, I was looking, so I have a connection chart up in front of us right now. And we have four electromagnetic channels. So what that means is that, you know, our hanging gates are connecting and it's like creating this chemistry. So obviously, you know, our flow of conversation, everything was like so good today. So I want to thank you, Ali, for coming on. Yeah. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. Can you please share with our audience where they can connect with you and, you know, anything that you want to share, like your website, Instagram, if I'm not sure if you have a podcast, but if you do, this is the time to talk about it, or maybe we're going to manifest one, whatever works. <laughs> we, that, it's in the works. It's in the works. Yeah. So my handle is Ale Kenashiro. Um, and yeah, I have a program. It's basically uh, hypnosis. It's hypnotherapy and coaching all combined to really heal and to really get you from point A to point B. Cause I hypnotherapy has been like literally life-changing for me. And yeah, we, we really talk about all the things I include human design on there as well and yeah that's awesome thank you so much for coming on and I want to thank our listeners today I mean I feel like we took you on a journey we talked about traveling we talked about manifestation we talked about business we talked about nervous system regulation like so many good things so thank you for listening and if you can please make sure give Ali a follow check her out on social media and of course if you can please subscribe to the channel and if you share this on social media definitely tag us so that we can be excited with you and I'll chat with you in the next episode 